Hey everyone, welcome to a cognitive variety show that gets you thinking in a world that doesn't want you to. My name is Trey Jordan, and this is for your use over time. All right, all right, all right. What do you think? We ready? We're looking good? All right, so this will be the our first episode. Pretty exciting. If any of you out there listening, I'm talking to Josh, my producer. He's he's the man behind the camera, cutting us all together. So we uh we don't have enough money for a mic yet. So we're gonna get him a mic soon. Uh, we're just testing these things out. So if you hear any echoes in the back, it's because we broke. So um, I appreciate you being here for our first episode. We are trying to take a different approach to podcasts um, in a way of sort of, uh, I guess, trying to put ourselves into the cultural conversation in a different way. Um, we want to take responses to culture with grace uh, and understanding to the best of our abilities. We're certainly going to have biases about some of the things that you know we discuss or talk about, but we're going to do the best we can. Um, with our mission in mind, and I think that's the biggest thing, is, is addressing a mission. Uh, personally, I believe in grace, I believe in redemption, and I think that you're seeing so much spiritual curiosity now because people are looking for those things. You know, I really do. Uh, I, I think so much of, you know, revenge and retribution has dominated the headlines for so many years, you know, and I think it's time to just sort of change that. And I'm not, I'm not, I know that we don't really care to compete with people. Um, we listen to all kinds of podcasts. We listen to all kinds of shows. But um, I, I think so many of them take this sort of position of supremacy or use their position as a way to lord it over people. I, I know there's uh, as if just the way that they think is correct, you know. And I know that there's a certain amount of confidence you have to have. Oh, yeah, you know, you got to have confidence. Um and you got to be willing to con- contend for certain ideas, but you also have to be willing to admit when you're wrong and, and be able to shed some of those things away. And so today, what I wanted to do to set the stage for the progression of this podcast um, is go over cognitive bias. You know, what, what we'd like to do is sort of present new ideas to you. And let me pause and, and explain what we want to do overall. Josh and I own a company called Tentmaker Digital, um, and we work with companies that they're, they're trying to develop a brand story. You know, whether we realize it or not, we are all a part of a really grand story. At least that's the way I choose to see it. Um, I, and, I, and I think that when you choose to see that grand story of sort of, you know, uh, a unified vision of that grand story, I think it helps people spiritually find their place. And they don't belittle who they are so much in a world that is so externally driven that makes you second guess and doubt everything about yourself. You know, what do I not have? How can I get this to make me feel complete? Um, I, I, I believe that. We're yeah, it's just consumer based. And, and this constant consumption doesn't make anybody actually very happy, you know. Um, and so what I do, I, I kind of wrote this the other night about the. Uh, uh, people being on a spiritual journey, I don't, I don't really, I don't, um, I don't chastise or bash people for being on a spiritual journey because one thing I like about those who are on a spiritual journey, whether they have different beliefs than me or not, is that they're searching for something. You know, spiritually curious people, I always find are very interesting. Um, 
because there is a level of contentment that maybe they don't possess and they're trying to find how, you know, or, or where to find it. Um, but we also can't constantly be on a journey without a mission. You know what I mean? And I feel like it's easier to establish a mission when you're when you're raised with the belief that you have a purpose to begin with, as opposed to going out there and trying to find the purpose. You know, like I, I, I think that we've sort of missed that mark with kids. We, we tell them anything they want to be, but, you know, you come into school and all of that, and, and we're not really taught how to integrate ourselves into society with the betterment of other people. It, it is very me-centric. It's the, the word that I was reading the other day is anthropocentric. You know, it's, it's just sort of us-focused, right? Um, and I, I think that that's where some of the wires get crossed, right? This all this idea of living your truth, which is okay. Um, but ultimately your truth is only to get you, it's only going to get you so far if you have to sort of chisel away at everybody else around it for it to be so. It's not a, it's not a condemnation. Um, when I say truth, what I mean is I, I believe in one truth and I believe in billions of different perspectives around that truth. And I think that that's, uh, it, that sets the stage for grace and saying that, no, we might not see eye to eye, but the unifying you know, belief there is that with grace, we can come to understand and polish those perspectives, right? Um, so the way we do that, obviously, is, is by bias. And I want us to sort of figure out how to get rid of biases. And these are fun things. I found a great article by Robert Evans Wilson Jr. on Psychology Today called Cognitive Bias is the Loose Screw in Critical Thinking. And he lays out some key points, so we'll go over those key points. And that's the key points are people cannot think critically unless they're aware of their cognitive biases, which can alter their perception of reality, which is pretty crazy, you know? I mean, we don't, I mean, think about that. Like, you could have a bad thought somewhere that is literally causing you to just not see the world correctly, which is detrimental to your success in the way you function, you know? Um so cognitive biases are mental shortcuts people take in order to process the mass information they receive daily. And then what do we have today? You know, we are inundated with mass information and people are going to lean on their own understanding, not to get biblical with it, um, to make sense of it all. Right. And they're going to they're going to put themselves in a tiny little box. And in order for them to function in this box, you know, they've 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 got to make sure well, we'll get into that later. Uh, here's a key point. Cognitive biases include confirmation bias, anchoring bias, bandwagon effect, and negativity bias. So, you know, we'll go over some of those things. Um, but the article reads, When I was a kid, I was enamored of cigarette-smoking movie stars. When I was a teenager, some of my friends began to smoke. I wanted to smoke too, but my parents forbid it. I was also intimidated by the ubiquitous anti-smoking commercials I saw on television warning me that smoking causes cancer. As much as I wanted to smoke, I was afraid of it. I remember those days, like, you remember sneaking cigarettes, you know, when you're not supposed to? Listen, let me tell you a story. When I was in middle school, we were so enamored with the idea of smoking, and I think everybody has, uh, that we, want, we thought smoking would make us look so cool that we would sneak off into the woods with printer paper, eight and a half by 11 paper, and crush up leaves, and we would roll up fake cigarettes with leaves <laughs> and take lighters and, 
And we we would literally sit in the woods like a bunch of weirdos just smoking leaves. And the funniest thing is is uh, a friend of mine, you know, he got a he got a text from his dad on you know the old flip phones, and you know it could have been a Nokia brick for all I know. Hey, I'm coming home early, and we are so scared that oh my god, we've been smoking. Like, no, you haven't. You've just been burning incense in the woods, you dummies. <laughs> You're not smokers. Uh, so yeah, it's there. It's it's very interesting uh, the effect that that has. So, anyways, it goes on. When I started college as a pre med major. I also started working in a hospital emergency room. I was shocked to see that more than 90% of the nurses working there were smokers. But that was not quite enough to convince me that smoking was okay. It was the doctors. 11 of the 12 emergency room physicians I worked with were smokers. That was all the convincing I needed. If actual medical doctors thought smoking was safe, then so did I. (laughs) I started smoking without concern because I had fallen prey to an authority bias which is a type of cognitive bias. Fortunately for my health, I wised up and quit smoking 10 years later. All right. That's a condemnation of the smokers. I, you know, what what am I supposed to do? You know, I can't support it. I can't support it. All right, let's go back. So it says, it's likely you're unaware of these habits. Have you ever thought someone was intelligent simply because they were attractive? Have you ever dismissed a news story because it ran in a media source you didn't like? Have you ever thought or said, I knew that was going to happen, in reference to a team winning, a a stock going up in value, or some other unpredictable event occurring? If you replied yes to any of these, you may be guilty of relying on a cognitive bias. He says in my last post, which maybe we'll get to that, I wrote about the importance of critical thinking and how in today's information age, no one has an excuse for living in ignorance. Since then, I recalled a huge impediment to critical thinking, cognitive bias. We are all culpable of leaning on these mental crutches, even though we don't do it intentionally. That's a, that's a key point. You know, a graceful approach knows like, hey, a lot of these people are not doing these things intentionally. You know, we, we, we get so caught up in this idea that just because we think we know better, everybody else should know better. But we also forget that there was a time where the knowledge that you had yet to apprehend, you didn't have it. You know what I mean? And so you can really get into that. That's where a lot of that ego is born. When I read, you know, I will come across so many ideas. And instead of me thinking, oh, that's, that's, I didn't know that. It's like, as soon as I learn it, I'm like, yeah, I knew that. I'm, Duh, I knew that. All I needed was someone to write an entire book about it to remind me, you know, and that, that's a bias, you know. Um, so what are cognitive biases? The Cambridge English Dictionary defines cognitive bias as the way a particular person understands events, facts, and other people, which is based on their own particular set of beliefs and experiences and may not be reasonable or accurate. Okay, do you see what I'm saying? Why, like, when I read that, that's why I don't, I don't believe in multiple truths. I believe in one truth, but many different perspectives, you know. Philosophyterms.com calls it a bad mental habit that gets in the way of logical thinking. Positivepsychology.com describes it this way. We are often presented with situations in life when we need to make a decision with imperfect information and we unknowingly rely on prejudices or biases. And according to AlleyDog.com, a cognitive bias is an uh, involuntary pattern of thinking that produces distorted perception of people, surroundings, and situations around us. In brief, a cognitive bias is a shortcut to thinking. That's a problem. You know what I mean? Like, that's a problem. You got to work through those progressions, right? It's music. I mean, you know that as a musician. Like, you, you, your progressions, it's extremely important. You know, 
You have to know how to work through these things. And it's completely understandable. The onslaught of information that we, that we are exposed to every day necessitates some kind of time-saving method. It is simply impossible to process everything. So we make quick decisions. Most people don't have the time to thoroughly think through everything they are told. Nevertheless, as understandable um, as depending on biases may be, it is still a severe deterrent to critical thinking. Some of those biases work, right? Like some of those biases we know. It's not that bias is inherently bad. It's just that there are some inherently bad biases that you have to address, you know. Um, you could develop a new bias where my bias is always a graceful approach, right? That, again, leaves the door open. Here's what to watch out for. Wikipedia lists 197 cognitive biases. I'm going to share with you a few of the more common ones so that in the future you will be aware of the ones you may be using. Confirmation bias is when you prefer to attend media and information sources that are in alignment with your current beliefs. We know that that is a problem today. Like, we know that. I know that the generation before us, they won't, they won't listen to an idea if it doesn't come from Fox or CNN. You know what I mean? Like, the gen they will not entertain it. They will not entertain it. Um, and for those that do, I, I have a lot of respect uh, for them. People do this because it helps maintain their confidence and self-esteem when the information they receive supports their knowledge set. Exposing oneself to opposing views and opinions can cause cognitive dissonance and mental stress. On the other hand, exposing yourself to new information and different viewpoints helps open up new neural pathways in your brain, which will enable you to think more creatively. So what's, you know what I mean? What's, are you going to take a little bit of discomfort to expand your thinking? But we don't realize that, you know, if we keep ourselves in that box, you are, you're doing yourself a disservice and you just don't recognize it. You are doing yourself a great disservice. So he read, goes on for anchoring bias. Anchoring bias occurs when you become committed or attached to the first thing you learn about a particular subject. A first impression of something or someone is a good example uh, similar to anchoring is the halo effect, which is when you assume that a person's positive or negative traits in one area will be the same in some other aspect of their personality. For example, you might think that an attractive person will also be intelligent without seeing any proof to support it. That's my favorite one because, again, we are all so visually driven because it is consumer society. Look, I'm not knocking capitalism or anything like that. I think that there is, uh, I think there's, there's obviously some benefits to that. I think we're seeing that maybe parts of that uh, corporate capital capitalist mentality is pretty bad at this point. Um, but yeah, everybody knows that. You see somebody you thinks attractive, it's like, oh man, and you're so distraught at like, holy cow, this person is like a dunce. You know what I mean? Like this person's a dunce. And I mean, you know, come on, everybody's been that way. I'm not being mean, but it's true. It's 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 true. You know? I'm, yeah. I mean. I'm not like knocking anybody. It's just that we've all made those assumptions, you know. So here's hindsight bias. Is the inclination to see some events as more predictable than they really are. Also known as the I knew it all along reaction. Examples of this bias would be believing that you knew who was going to win an election, a football or baseball game, or even a coin toss after it occurred, okay? That's just one of those things where we're like, for, I'm, like I said, when I read my, those books and it's just, 
Oh, yeah, I knew that. Like, no, you didn't. You did not know that. You did not know any of the information. You just, just, you just read it. Like, you just read it. You know? Uh, so, misinformation effect. Here's the next one. Is when your memories of an event can become affected or influenced. Yeah, misinformation. Oh, man. That is... Dude, we're so, you know... Well, I mean, we think we're surrounded by it. But are we operating on a bias that is causing us... You know, see what I'm saying? Do we really... Are we, is it misinformation just because someone's telling us that it's misinformation? That would be an authoritarian bias. You see what I'm saying? Like what we just went through. The doctor that's smoking cigarettes, just because he's in a position of authority, you know. So you got to, you automatically assume, you know what I mean? And so just because it's whatever political pundit or podcast host you listen to, it doesn't make them right, you know. And I think if you find safety in those things, Again, if you start feeling like a habitual safe response to turning on, say, like the Joe Rogan podcast or, you know, any other idea that you want to consume, I think that's a really good call to step back and, and reassess your position. It's like, what, what, am I, what am I anchoring my hope in with this show? You know what I'm saying? Or anything that I consume, right? What, why, why am I consuming, consuming this so, like, ravenously? I remember when I came to my faith, which, you know, I mean, I didn't always have that, you know, I mean, we didn't always have that. And what's the first thing you want to do is when you're uncovering your faith, your your faith, just like someone on a spiritual journey, you know, they want to dig deeper. They want to dig deeper. And again, you want to dig in to, you know, that, that anchoring bias of that first idea that supports your faith. Yeah. You don't want to end up down a rabbit hole. And, you know, it's a, but again, Sometimes that's the point. You have to be willing to push it a little further. Mm-hmm. And the element of my faith and yours is is obviously that we have a very specific thing that we anchor our belief into. But I also don't want to push that on people either, you know? Right. Like, it's not my job to do that. It's sort of that, like, conversion mentality that you have in the church, which I don't think is good for the church. I think that the serve mentality is where you're really supposed to be. And that's, that's a whole nother topic. We're not getting into any of that stuff. We could maybe later. Um, so let's see. Uh, yeah. So the misinformation effect is when your memories of an event can become affected or influenced by information you received after the event occurred. Researchers have proven that memory is inaccurate because it is vulnerable to revision when you receive new information. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, maybe it is the Mandela effect. I don't know. I mean, so the Berenstein Bears. Like, like hey, listen, I talked I talked to my dad the other day, and I asked him. I was like, Dad, when we read the Berenstein Bears growing up, it was it called the Berenstein Bears? And my dad was like, absolutely, it's called the Berenstein Bears. But if you list, it's Berenstein Bears. Yeah. You know, like, it's either always been that way or something, you know what I'm saying? Someone came in and changed it. Like, imagine somebody in the future that thought, like, they figured out how to alter the timeline, and it was within the E and the A of the Berenstein Bears title. <laughs> like, God, what that's is this? Sig- that's the portal. We can travel back in time, and if you change the E in Berenstein Bears to an A, it's going to set the world ablaze. <laughs> we found the secret. You know what I'm saying? Like... You know what I mean? So obviously, it's 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 probably always been Berenstain Bears. And people will fight tooth and nail over that type of stuff. And the only question I ask is, are you operating in a bias? My world was rocked, okay? My world was rocked. I was probably more shocked at the Berenstain Bears 
than I was anything else. You know what I mean? If we found out that the moon landing was false, I would be more shocked that the Berenstain Bears, <laughs> it's pronounced <laughs> Berenstain Bears, yeah. and not Berenstain. You know what I mean? Well, because the moon landing has always been like, yeah, it's, is it real? Is it real? There's always been that There's thing. Always been There's always been a conspiracy out there. And so, anyways, uh, actor-observer bias is when you attribute your actions to external influences and other people's actions to internal ones. You might think you missed a business opportunity because your car broke down, but your colleague failed to get a, a, get a promotion because of incompetence. Uh, so here's the next one. False consensus effect is when you assume more people agree with your opinions and share your values than they actually do. This happens because you tend to spend most of your time with others, such as family and friends, who actually do share beliefs similar to yours. So, you know, when you've just had this revelatory moment of like, hey, just because you've got 1,600 or 2,000 friends on Facebook, I make this mistake all the time. That's why that's, that's one of the reasons I wanted to do a podcast is because there's only so much people can discern about my meaning by reading it. We have to communicate with one another. I can get out there and think I just knocked out this great thought like, boom, I'm a genius. Put it out on Facebook, crickets. No one reads it because it's like, Trey, no one cares. <laughs> it's like, we don't care. You have to, what is that quote me and you were talking about the other day? I don't know if it's a Bobby Knight quote or whatever, but it's, you know, players don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's, that's, that's where we're at right now. Like, I really don't care anymore about people's information because I need to know how much they care about me as opposed to how much they care about their own perspective. You know, that's what's important to all of us now. Uh, so availability bias occurs when you believe the information you possess is more important than it actually is. This happens when you watch or listen to media sources that tend to run dramatic stories without sharing any balancing statistics on how rare such events may be. For example, if you can see several stories on fiery plane crashes, you might start to fear flying because you assume they occur with greater fre frequency than they actually do. You know, that's I think that's a smart thing. And we know the news just they 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 live on those types of things, you know. Uh, bandwagon effect, also known as herd mentality or groupthink, is the propensity to accept beliefs or values because many other people also hold them as well. This is a conformity bias that occurs because most people desire acceptance, connection, and belonging with others and fear rejection if they hold opposing beliefs. That's where the square, that's where the boxes come from. You know, like, all right, I'm just going to jam as much as I possibly can into this box and I'm, I'm going to force it. Look, man, people do that with religion all the time, you know. People, people, their faith is in more, do, is more in doctrine than it is in God. You know what I mean? Like that's a, that's a big deal. That's a and it plagues the church left and right. Um, most people will not think through an opinion and will assume it is correct because so many others agree with it. That's, that's sort of the, uh, we talked about the nine out of 10 dentists agree that crest, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and someone told me the other day that it was like, well, actually they just submitted to 10 dentists to respond to what they thought about Crest and nine out of 10 just responded, you know? And so the one that didn't, but the thing is you can't say 10 out of 10 dentists agree. It's such a manipulation of word, you know, 10 out of nine out of 10 dentists agree. No. Yeah. It's just like, no, nine out of 10 dentists that you sent a survey on, if they liked the toothpaste said they liked the toothpaste, you know, what are we, what are we comparing it to? You know, um, authority bias, is when you accept the opinion of an authority figure because you believe they know more than you. 
You might assume that they have already thought through an issue and made the right conclusion. And because they are an authority in their field, you grant more credibility to their viewpoint than you would for anyone else. This is especially true in medicine where experts are frequently seen as infallible. An example would be an advertiser showing a doctor wearing a lab coat touting their product. Negativity bias is when you pay more attention to bad news than good. This is a natural bias that, date back, that dates back to humanity's prehistoric days when noticing threats, risks, and other lethal dangers could save your life. In today's civilized world, this bias is not as necessary. Uh, here is illusion of control. is the belief that you have more control over a situation than you actually do. An example of this is when a gambler believes he or she can influence a game of chance. Now, when you come down into this, there's a, co the, a cognitive bias codex on this article. We'll link it in the show notes if you want to come read this article. Um, but here's a, a, in closing, probably, understanding more and communicating better. Learning these biases and being on the alert for them when you make a decision to accept a belief or opinion will help you become more effective at critical thinking. And so, like I said, there's a great graphic um, on this. It's the cognitive bias codex, and it's fun to read. It's fun to see. Um, like I said, we'll, we'll link that. Um, and so, yeah, that's it. You know, I, I think that, like we said, the whole purpose of doing the first episode on bias is to, um, give somebody permission to suspend their bias and being able to come in here and know that like, Hey, I'm not right. I'm not, I'm not an authoritarian figure. I don't want to be, um, I have a mission and I have a goal, but you know, I, I'm playing the long game with my intentions as far as what I'm doing. Um, obviously our, our production is our angle. You know, that's what we want to do. And we certainly want to build a, a, an audience around those things. But one thing I can tell you right now is, is people are craving new stories, you know? Um, and I want to help lay that foundation, uh, to, to see that story in their life, you know, a little differently as far as where they fit in that. So anyways, that's uh we're, we're going to end up with a closing thought. This is our first episode. I hope it was informative. Josh, how many minutes we've been going on this one? Don't really know. 20 minutes, maybe. Our computer went into sleep mode over there, so I can't see the clock. Uh, again, we're going to upload this to YouTube. We'll have it on many channels for podcasts. Um, you know, I'll, I'll share it on Facebook, too. So if you want to join the conversation, let us know if this was productive. Like I said, we're playing a long game with this podcast, um, and and we hope you you come along for the ride. So Closing thought is, address your biases this week, and we'll see you next week for episode two.